Welcome to the Dealing with Goliath podcast. This is a solo espresso episode that I call Trying Harder versus Letting Go Sleep, Meditation, and Remembering. So, this is something that comes up quite a lot that in my work that I see that I do as well, but also I see in a lot of clients and a lot of colleagues and friends is this sort of relentless struggle. Being relentless can be a very good thing. This product, this work ethic, or as the historian and economist Niall Ferguson called it, the Protestant work ethic, as it's known, he said it was one of the key factors that gave the West the edge in global power and politics for hundreds of years. And he might be right. He might be right. It's this idea that you can work hard and get your just rewards, which wasn't possible in a lot of societies until fairly recently, you have to remember. But it was that bit more in the early United States and then to a lesser extent, Britain and Germany and and France and whatnot, the, the early industrial powers. You could work your way up, that kind of idea. So this work ethic, this feeling of grind and perseverance is very much still seen as a virtue. And now I'm not saying it's not, but what I'm bringing maybe my, the attention to here is what Aristotle said. Aristotle said, every virtue carried to the extreme is a vice. And I love that. It's this idea that things have to be in balance. So anything over or underdone can, can be quite harmful instead of being a benefit. Now, there's a movement against it. There's a movement for that balance against just that grinding work. Uh, things like the four-hour work week, Tim Ferriss, of course, is one of the famous ones, which, of course, is ironically hugely popular with a lot of IT people and Silicon Valley people who work 60 and 80-hour weeks uh, because it, the, the title really should have been the four-hour grunt work week. But that's, you know, he's a great marketer, so that that was never going to fly. But that's really the idea that, you know, reduce the work that you find unpleasant to an absolute minimum. And that frees up your time to do work where you add the most value. So it's a little bit working smarter than working harder. And I'm going to do another episode uh, shortly on that idea of working smarter versus working harder and what that is. But I digress. The whole point is it's about effectiveness, efficiency, and not just blindly grinding ahead on what's just in front of you. This is, for me, the difference. Because Angela Duckworth uh, defines grit. She defines grit. She's this uh, positive psychology professor, and she wrote a great book called Grit and Donatit did a ton of research on grit being one of the most important factors in anyone's success. And she defines grit as passion and sustained persistence applied toward long-term achievement with no particular concern for rewards or recognition along the way. So as you can imagine, again, it's not rocket science why that could be a distinct advantage of a virtue or characteristic for you to to learn or to exhibit, okay? Not saying that's a problem. I'm just saying it needs balance with the other side. So for my point is for, for you know, in the industrial revolution, in you know, back in the day, there was very much 
more space for just grinding ahead with things, just putting in more hours, working harder, uh, more sweat into the thing, and you're going to get probably more results. Whereas nowadays that just doesn't work. You need more. You need something else. You know, the 21st century shouldn't be so much about grinding. It should be more, shouldn't be so much about forcing something. Or as we say in Ireland, using brute force and ignorance, like hitting a television, you know, that's on the blink that, that there's a problem with the picture. Some people go over and hit the TV, you know, as if this is going to solve the problem. You know, just bash it. You know, the harder you hit it approach to problem solving, I'm not sure how effective that is. But don't get me wrong, I keep saying sometimes, yes, you do have to, you know, put the shoulder in, grind through it, persevere, and you'll get your just rewards. Of course you will. But there's a lot more areas these days where you need a lot of thinking work, creative work, and particularly innovative work, where you can't just grind through it. So it's not so much grinding as or hard work or trying hard so much as focus, focusing your time, your mind, and of course your attention. And this is very much the attention economy these days. This is what billions have been spent on by some of the, using some of the greatest, brightest minds on the planet with the sole goal of stealing your attention to something that you weren't planning to give attention to. But anyway, that's a whole other talk. And I digress. It's not about, not, it's about focus, not force. So it's not about forcing, it's about focusing. And think of it this way. There's a lovely parallel with, with sleep. You can't force, you can't like try and sleep harder, like as if that will get you to the goal of being asleep or getting quality sleep. Much like meditation, you can't meditate harder. You can't focus. I will aggressively focus harder. No, it's the opposite. You have to let go of those tensions. And to get to that state of being, either entering into sleep or entering into that sort of alpha brain state, which is meditation, or much, much of it is meditation. And again, that's a good point to do a whole episode on those. So you can't force these things. You have to fall back into them. You have to relax, be fully present with whatever state you want to be in or in that transition, and then almost fall back into it. You can't force it. So you need to be fully focused, but relaxed. And this is a parallel here uh, with the Goliath negotiation method, some of the stuff that I do with clients. You know, it's, sometimes it's about letting go of that tension, that desire to control, like the sleep and the focus, and swapping it for just being present and focused. So you need to be fully focused but relaxed, and that relaxed state is key, not carrying too much tension. That's when you can flow with what's happening. You can be creative. You can, okay, sometimes be reactive, but then proactive again. And I don't just mean that as a, as a business buzzword. Proactive means that you're actually seeking out conscious action. So it is quite a good word, not merely reacting to the states of others. And this is a similar idea that you don't have to dictate or force your point of view on the other side. That often has uh, the, the complete opposite effect 
to what's desired. And it's a bit like a previous podcast solo episode I did there on Bismarck, on the Bismarck quote, one can't control the current of events. You can only get on and float and steer. And this is the point is that I, I help my clients to be fully present. So they're fully there, emotionally non-reactive. So whatever emotional games the other side are playing, which is something most negotiation training courses doesn't really dive into very much, but being emotionally present, non-reactive, but able to then adjust and adapt fully with all of the creative abilities that you have. So you, as I say, are directing, not dictating. And this means that you tend to get a huge amount more information out of the other side. They're doing the majority of the talking. So you get valuable information. They feel fully heard and fully understood, particularly, as I said, when you're fully present, you're then able to, to, to mirror and shadow them back as to exactly that you're on the same page as they are, that they're clear that you understand their perspective. They feel fully heard, which is huge for building trust with that information creates much greater value in relationships and in making deals. And like I mentioned before, trust, when it's high trust in, in deals and arrangements, there's usually 30% or more value created than when there's normal or lower levels of trust. So this idea is very important. This idea of, yes, working hard, trying hard, but more so the underlying factor is being focused rather than just grinding and grunting through it. There's a great phrase that Chris Voss used, and I don't know if he originally, maybe it was Stuart Diamond, but you know, never be so fixated on what you want that you won't take something better. And when someone has that, where even though you're explaining like, this does what you asked, but it does it better and cheaper and it's better in every way, they're like, oh, no, no, I want the other thing. That's exactly the point. They're too tense to see that opportunity. They're too tunnel visioned. And by being able to relax back into that relaxed, alert state, you can be far, far more effective.